My name is Jasper Sebastian. I'm a student at the University of Twente and currently project coordinator of Design Lab. I am Nafel Kusi, an Interaction Technology Master student in University of Twente and Dream Teamer for Design Lab. And we welcome you to the Design Lab Room. This series gives you a look behind the scenes of Design Lab initiatives while exploring the experiences of the people who led them. So grab your drink of choice and let's dive in. Welcome everybody. Uh, this is the third episode of the Design Lab Brew. We will be talking about the UT Challenge and sort of everything that goes around it. However, in this episode, I would like to introduce a new member, and this will be also our third member of the team, and that is uh, Carithia. So, hi Carithia. Welcome to the team. Hello everyone. Welcome Carithia. <laughs> Whoop, whoop. <laughs> uh, we didn't have the time to change the intro, <laughs> but uh, we, we want to offer you a very warm welcome uh, and, uh, you know, get started with the first episode that uh, you also did a lot of research on. Yeah, I'm really interested in this topic because it's uh, going beyond your study to actually the steps to becoming an entrepreneur. And it's something that the Design Lab has been really um, involved in as a partner is the UT Challenge. The UT Challenge is basically an innovation and entrepreneurial competition aimed at University of Twente students. And it basically also helps the, them with coaching from business partners, offers workshops and online speeding dating events. And the participants take their projects to the next level. That's a really interesting event from a very extroverted and entrepreneurial university like um, U2ND. That's quite to be expected. So today we're going to have a we're going to have two people here with us, and the first one is Tyne. Yes, uh, thank you for, uh, for inviting me to join this this podcast. Great, Tyne is uh, the person who has um, co-hosted this year's um, UT Challenge. Can you tell us a little bit more about that bit? Yeah, so uh, this year, the 2021 edition of the UT Challenge Final, actually, um, I was uh, able to to host the event. It was a hybrid event. Um, so I was actually an, in the wire one at, uh, at the UT, uh, co-hosting it together with uh, Mike Fakalte from Novoti. So from your perspective, like as a student, what would you say the challenge is like, the UT Challenge? Oof, well, I would just say that it's like a combination of all the things that makes the University of Twente so amazing. Um, the entrepreneurial spirit, like was already mentioned, with us being one of the most entrepreneurial universities, or well, the, the most entrepreneurial university in the Netherlands, but then also the, in Europe, uh, uh, being in that position, of, in, that, in that case. And also that students really want to do things beyond their study, um, while, of course, uh, they used what they learned in their study to, to continue to try to innovate and try to create new things and uh, try to take that next step to not just finish your gra- graduate from the university and then go work at a big company uh, mm-hmm. and work in a team of, let's say, 100 other people, uh, but to try to make something of your study and try to do something next to your study to create something new, something that you are truly passionate about and create the job you want to have. Yeah. And we talked a little bit earlier about how you were involved in other things outside of the UT Challenge and you are part of UIF. And through this, you had some sort of event where it was a 24-hour challenge. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I, 
part of what I just mentioned, like students like at the UT like to do things <laughs> next to their study. Um, yeah. I am just, I'm just like that. I, I like my study. Uh, I'm majoring in AI, but uh, I really like the things around my study. And I'm very happy that the UT has it in that way. So yeah, so at, uh, at UT, there's a program called the University Innovation Fellows Program, which mm-hmm. is a, a partner program. Uh, well, it's a, a group of students that are basically trained by, by Stanford for a couple of weeks. And then they try to enact change in innovation entrepreneurship at their, at their local university. Uh, and uh, every year, the, the past cohorts, the people before even I joined UF, always organize these really cool, all, uh, really cool meetups where they invited people from all over the world to come to Twente. Uh, because mm-hmm. when you ask people, usually uh, the Netherlands, they say Amsterdam and they never, ever say anything about Enschede or Twente. So we brought them here <laughs> to try to show them that we have something to offer at this university and also the region. Uh, yes. So we organized this cool uh, course, part of the Curious U summer school track here. Uh, where students were actually the teachers as well and then uh, were organizing the course. So we were organizing the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, of course, COVID happened. So we decided to switch it up. And now we always, we saw all of these like online events happening. Uh, they're kind of cool. But after a certain point, even after like the first month of this, this COVID pandemic, we already, everyone was kind of feeling that Zoom sickness that now <laughs> is even worse because of the whole, being almost a year in it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's horrible. I, I don't know if my eyes can focus further away than my computer anymore. Yes, for sure. <laughs> have test- uh, so I tested uh... it for the past months. <laughs> so you're very used to working behind the scenes on events. How was it to this time be the one in front of the camera? Oh, well, being on the front of the camera is, is a well, usually it seems a lot harder, but it's just like that first couple minutes. And then after those first couple minutes, it's just uh, very simple and uh it's very nice because you are basically you've been everyone has been trying to help you to get to that point where you can say the words essentially so they've either prepared a script for you or they've done all the behind the scenes things so you just have to talk um the content that they've prepared for you and uh they'll make sure that it looks all right of course when things don't go all right when things go a bit wrong or something doesn't work because of a technical problem that's when it gets a bit more tough and you have to say, try to improvise um, but uh, luckily that didn't happen at least it wasn't that prevalent during the the ut challenge yeah yeah and uh, this year was to help with that zoom sickness that you were facing it was kind of a hybrid event so as i understood it the participants the hosts and the judges were all in the wire physically, but according to the Corona protocols, and the partic- like the um, the audience was online. So luckily, like we're, we're hopefully, we, I'm not going to say anything. Well, maybe knock on wood. <laughs> uh, we're close to the the end of the pandemic, so limit, the, the restrictions have gone a little bit down. So we were able to invite people to the wire, of course, keeping for sure at least two meter distance, and mm-hmm. also um, like the the participants, so the the people who had the ideas, the startups. Were able to be there in the in the wire to then if they would win or if they had to pitch their idea would be able to come to the stage. Of course, certain there's still very limitations because, for example, we had three jury members sometimes, and then we had the hosts and also the startup they're asking questions to. So that'd be a total of let's say around seven people on stage, and that's not possible. So even though that sometimes the jury members were. Uh, like were on campus they were not allowed to be in the room so they had to actually still join via microsoft teams call so it was still limited limited but um for sure when there was enough space on the the stage we tried to do as much physical in person as possible 
And what uh, was the role of the partners in this uh, in this event? Like I don't know, novelty. I know Design Lab had some part in it. Uh, yeah. So um, as far as I know, from like the um, respect to the the, the finals, uh, the partners were either uh, they were either representatives on the on the jury, so the people deciding who won the ideation, prototyping, and uh, startup uh, prizes. Um, or they were involved in previously previous events of the so the previous parts of the UT challenge where they were either coaches or they were speed date, they were speed dating with startups. Uh, so if you look at the whole UT challenge, it's kind of deceptive because you are part of the very end of it. So in the final stage, but it actually goes over a very long period of time. Um, yeah, maybe you can explain a little bit about um, if you are a student that's interested in UT Challenge. What's the like a summary of the process, basically? Yeah, well, the the sign just sign up for the next one already. But uh, so there were 90, <laughs> 90 projects in the beginning. I don't know exactly how long it is because that's not, I wasn't too much involved with the process beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's um, definitely there's the multiple stages, and then it's so it went from ninety participants in the, at the beginning to uh, twenty. Uh, in the finals and the finals is while it is that deciding who wins um, it's really also a bit of a a showpiece to show off these all these cool ideas and all the startups that have made it to this phase have been able to go for all the training and all the the practice and all the networking they uh, throughout the stages with all the partners so Mm -hmm. the last this this ut challenge finals also to show to the partners and show to uh, the audience so the families of the um, the people participating or just general students at the UT, the possibilities that they could go through. And there's a possibility to start, let's say, six months before just having an idea and then be in the finals of the UT Challenge. So it's kind of showing the UT the pride of entrepreneurial spirit at the UT, essentially. I, I think you did take part in the UT Challenge at some point, didn't you? Actually, uh, no, I've never fully actually like participated as, as a startup in the or with my idea in the UT Challenge. No, but I have... Uh, but as a, actually, yeah, well, maybe, yeah, I've participated as a, as a partner, essentially. So I, uh, I'm part of the Dutch Student Investment Fund, and we try to invest in startups uh, at the UT. So the UT Challenge is a, a perfect example of like the 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 the, the prime the the startups that are really are the next stages of possibly making it to 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 success. Let's say. Um, so we are often we are a partner. Uh, the Dutch Invest is a partner with the UT Challenge. So we are also one of the the, the coaches, and also we have these one on one events with startups as well. So I'm yeah. I've been more around in the 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 partner or the business partner uh, area, not as a student really. That's one of the unique things about the UT Challenge is that there are partners and also other businesses that you network with over like a very long period of time, actually a few months. And while you're networking, you're also doing workshops. So you're doing ideation sessions, you're building your team, you're uh, like having workshops towards your business and making a business plan. And at each round, you kind of um, have people who come off and so you narrow it down from 90 to 20 um comp- competitors in the finals and then you have these really great um starting points for people to actually take these theories from what they've studied into some really great technology that can be applied in the future 
Well, as you can see, Karithia is already convinced to be part of the next uh, UD challenge <laughs> <laughs> just by doing the research for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so going back to the finals and that very exciting time period, um, what were some of your favorite winners from this year? Ooh, yeah, I find it hard to to give a, my opinion on this already because I'm meeting with lots of them uh, later mm-hmm. on. And also, of, of, of course, some of them are affiliated with Design Lab, some are affiliated with other organizations. Mm-hmm. But I, I, uh, it, for me, it really goes on the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, you can just tell so, us the truth. Just tell us so, some of them that gave you a great impression. It does not be, have to be your favorite one, but made an impression. You know, I, what, the, like, what impression for me is basically like if I'm like, oh damn, I should have thought of that or I need that. Um, and that definitely came with the, the startup moved um, from Andre because it was something of like, damn, I, I wish I had that. Um, I wish I have that in a month from now or around uh, 13 months ago when I had to move uh, my last time as well. Um, just because I have these things that I just, like for example, a couch and I need to sell it to somebody, but nobody has a car big enough to transport a couch. But then of course, or if it has an app like that where you can, basically the Uber of um, delivery or Uber of um, being able to move your stuff, just being able to quick make a quick call like that or just go on the app, say, I need this couch delivered from this address to that address and being able to do it for a reasonable price where you wouldn't have to pay, let's say, a moving company is just absolutely amazing. And that's something I would definitely want to have. Well, now I want that too. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah, so Move is essentially just a um, a way of networking people with uh, vehicles big enough to carry things to move your stuff from one place to another, right? Yeah, it's like a okay. Uber where you have drivers that sign up on one end and then you have the people, the consumers who want to get the stuff moved. And if it works, it's uh, amazing and it just makes it a lot simpler for all of us. And also you trust that company, right? Because... With Uber, we trust that whoever is going to pick us up is somewhat is background checked and is yes, um, n- not a serial killer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so. yeah, yeah. There were a lot of great um, people coming out in the end. So there was uh, Flux Robotics, Ibalite, Ibl- uh, Clever Worker. So Ibalite, I know, um, is about uh, connecting. Um, older people with their families from a distance and move as well was like really interesting so these um solutions that they come up with are very varied they're like completely standing on their own and the the main thing that they have in common is just the entrepreneurial spirit as you said earlier um so uh the next thing that we will do is actually talk with someone else who was one of the winners uh in the ut challenge and Twice. hear about his story. Twice <laughs> winner, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who was twice a winner. And hear about uh, his story and uh, basically the steps after the UT Challenge and how to take this great win and make it into a solid uh, company. So yeah, it will be a very interesting uh, discussion, I'm very sure. And Taine, thank you very much for being with us and for letting us know, you know, poke a little bit around the behind the scenes of the UT Challenge and everything you did to make it happen. And thank you very much for your work there. It was a pleasure for sure. And also it was an honor to be part of the UT Challenge and also it's my pleasure to be on here for sure. Thank you very much. Great. Goodbye, Taina.
Bye-bye. And so, Karithea, talking about winners, uh, let's uh, introduce our next guest, uh, Tyrant Pantoflet. Is that correct? That is me. Nice to meet you. I am Tyrell Pantoflet, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, Tyrell is a serial challenger and serial winner of many challenges on entrepreneurship. Luckily, not a serial killer. No, Luckily, no. <laughs> just a serial winner. <laughs> uh, so, Tyrell, tell us a little bit about yourself. What what exactly does your uh, business do? What is what is your product? At PlayX Technologies, we create smart recycling bins that automatically sort waste using artificial intelligence, allowing for easier, cleaner, and cheaper waste management for businesses. Well, so my name is Tara Pandefet, as you guys have uh, uh, mentioned. Uh, I was born in the Caribbean, in St. Martin, uh, born and raised. Uh, from there, I did my bachelor's. I moved to the Netherlands. I did my bachelor's in advanced technology at the University of Twente from 2016 until 2019. Um, and then I went to do my double master's in energy for smart cities. Now, growing up in St. Martin, I've always had some uh, issues uh, personally with the way how sustainable situations were being dealt with. Um, it's mainly on two fronts. So the first front is on the fact of our energy producing company was really bad at their job. Basically, every so often the power would go out or there would be oil spills or what have you. Now, of course, growing up, these problems kind of felt like How is it possible that this company has existed for so long yet they're still not able to to you know provide this service reliably? And the second problem is that we have ourselves this thing uh, we have this uh, landfill. On this landfill, basically, it's in one spot on the island, and all the waste that we're making is just being burnt there. And I was born with asthma, and so uh, it's not really good uh, inhaling the fumes every so often from this dump. That's not so, sound fun at all. Nope. Nope. And so this was; uh, these were motivational factors um, that made me want to come to Europe to do something in the field of sustainability and technology, to go back there to St. Martin to make some sort of positive change. Now, when I applied, um, before I did my bachelor's, um, I was actually doing this uh, sustainable car wash. So what we were doing was uh, we'd wash cars, we'd go to the location of the cars and wash them on the spot, so I sort of test off the cars. But the unique thing was that we wouldn't use any water, so we would just clean them. Uh, well, it's a waterless car wash. And so with this, we're not having soap go onto the streets, which would eventually go onto the ocean and pollute it there. Um, in any case, so with this, I went, uh, I was initially thinking of doing um, renewable energy at Wageningen, but I thought, you know, maybe for my bachelor's, I should have a broader horizon. So I did advanced technology. As you might know, advanced technology is a bit of a study for people who don't really know what they want to do. So they end up yeah, just doing yeah. everything. Tyrell, uh, tell me about it. I study creative technology. Yes, exactly. So you're also on that same boat. It's like, you know, you want to be creative, so you want to do something, and it has basically everything. And so, yeah, I did that. Um, completed it with a 72 average, and then I went to do a master's in energy for smart cities. Ah, that's really interesting. Well, it seems like you've done a lot of things in your life, and you had a lot of, you know, broad horizons that ended up all coming together in this one uh, company, this startup that you're running now. Indeed. And as we uh, said before, you're a serial challenger. So you did take part twice in the UT Challenge and you did some mm -hmm. Phillips Awards and other stuff. Uh, so I think, I think I'm getting your main inspiration. But where did the idea, how did your first idea come? You know, I will 
go and have this entrepreneur and entrepreneurship challenge? Where did the idea for the company? The real beginning, um, in our previous meeting, I mentioned 2019, the idea started, but actually it started in December 2018. So in December 2018 was when there was an info session for the Fellows Innovation Awards. This was done at the uh, Erlen Mayer in the uh, in the gallery, and at this session um, they were saying about yeah for the Phillips Innovation Awards uh, it's a challenge you have an idea you submit it and blah 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 and then they said um, if you're interested you know if you might have an idea uh, come up and mm-hmm. say it you know uh, it's, you can already start your entrepreneurial journey and get some confidence in speaking about it in, in a public setting. Now for me. Um, from all of my experiences I've had, I've actually a very long list of different ideas that I want to try out in the uh, sustainability space and just general business space. And this idea was just one of them. So I just went on my um, my notepad and I just picked this one and then I decided to go pitch. So at which the, one was this one? This one at this time was uh, for PlayX and this one was uh, at the time a uh, way of having people bring their plastics to us. They would then be shredded. We would sell the shredded plastics to different manufacturers. And this is, and we would also be paying the people who bring the plastics to us. So on one side, there's the incentive for people to come and bring their plastics. And of course, there's the profit margin for us where we sell these to manufacturers. With this version of the idea, we applied to, I applied to the Philips Innovation Awards. I did have another person that I met at the uh, info session to join in with me to participate. Um, so we had participated in Fest Innovation Awards. Okay, we got best executive summary with this version of the idea, which was nice. But then when uh, we had to move on to the next round, when we had to submit a full business plan, the judges had quite some words to say. Uh, that was quite, uh, I would say, demoralizing. To be very honest with you, um, the judges decided to take a nice squat and enjoy their their, their number two on it. Um, and, for, <laughs> and for the day, <laughs> uh, I, oh, I really no. it was they they dragged me through the mud. They were saying because uh, at this point, in terms of business plan writing and what's not, I was a complete novice. I didn't really know what I was doing. So the business plan was just sort of everything was thrown around together. And then I was throwing so many, we were throwing so many of the um, buzzwords. So we were saying, we're going to use blockchain, we're going to use AI, we're going to use this, we're going to use that. All these different things that doesn't really make sense to work together or have any real relation, um, yeah. business sense to, to do. We were saying we were going to do, you know, shooting for the moon with the idea. And it was completely unrealistic. Okay, so... I understood that. So I think there was two judge, three judges. Uh, two of them were the ones that were really hating on it. And the third one was basically saying that, yeah, this is sort of what happens in the beginning. If you continue working, you can improve the idea. So this, this last judge was actually that sliver of hope <laughs> that made me think maybe there's a chance to continue with this. And so I did. Um, so the idea changed through, yes, the, through this Yes, the idea experience. pivoted. Yes, it, it did. Um, it eventually landed to being a smart bin. And this smart bin was not to sort waste, but to um, to provide location intelligence for businesses. So what it would do, it would identify plastic waste or uh, just general types of waste and uh, allow companies to know what type of stuff is being thrown into the bins. And this would help them with understanding what type of waste is being used by what type of customer. This is just sort of big data bins, um, basically. Um, so with this idea, I participated in the UT challenge and of course tried to make it a bit better. 
from the UT challenge, I must say, I did learn a good amount of things. However, at the same time, uh, by the time the UT challenge happened, I was already done with my uh, module eight course um, from my from my bachelor's. And our module eight course was a business course. So we were learning about stuff like the Lean Startup, about um, product, well, product design. Um, I forgot the name, but something to do with making sure that products are made in a certain mm-hmm. way. Product um, development. Something like that. Product it wasn't exactly product development, but some something along mm-hmm. those lines. And yeah, other business things. So the UT challenge was basically a sort of refresher on these business things, but being able to apply them in a more direct fashion because then you're actually making a new business plan with this new idea, getting roasted uh, by the... Um, I want to say judge, but by the, uh, what you call this guy, the, the, the general coach that uh, that's there. Mentors? Yeah, yeah, yeah I would say, he, yeah, the, the mentor, the guy who would basically give the lecture on the day and uh, have everyone say something about their idea or what progress they're doing or what's not. And he was pretty, you know, direct. He was, your, when you think of a Dutch guy who says that they're direct and honest and what's not. <laughs> That's the guy who, t- this is the guy that you You find meet. him in the dictionary there. And of course, yeah, he, but you know, when they say that they're honest and what's not, it's, it's their excuse to be rude. Because there was this one time, for instance, uh, we had a pitching session. And of course, I pitched with all my heart, so mm-hmm. to speak. And this guy was like, you have a little too much of energy. I'm hearing it like reggae. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, what? bro. Oh. In a progress. <laughs> oh how, how am I supposed to take that? If you look at me and you see my hair, I'm not yeah. specifically a Rastafari, but it, it seemed very much out yeah. of place. Now, I didn't try to call him out on that because this is generally mm. how he is with his uh, directness, quote unquote. But, yeah, uh, I think yeah. that's experience also where you get this very honest feedback, which is not necessarily like positive most times, is also uh, a kind of a reflection of what you will face in the business space as like an entrepreneur with your own background. Like you're coming into some environment that's not used to people like you, I will say, like you're more in the Mm -hmm. minority. And these are things that you are going to face and you're going to have to come up with um, strategies how to not just go into getting aggravated and angry and like burning a bridge, but like how to deal with it in a smart way. So I think that was pretty cool how you managed it, but very inappropriate. <laughs> I agree from that guy, <laughs> the mentor. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about him too much. It's just uh, he was useful. I mean, he, he did give constructive feedback a good amount of the time. But it's just sometimes I was wondering if, if it's really necessary for him to say certain comments. But yeah, it was it was useful uh, to a certain degree. And of course, we had very nice pizza. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Important um, bait, obviously. Very, very important bait. Because there were a good amount of people as well who joined in just for the fun. And so at some point, you know, it's, it's, it's all fun and games. But at some point, you have to actually do the work. And sometimes people weren't really willing to do the work. I mean, you could sort of see that with, with them, that they weren't really invested into their, their idea or their startup. But they will always be there because there's pizza, free pizza for them. So, okay, good, go, go with them. So did the idea change again? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it did. Um, but before I explain that, maybe I should give a bit of context. So um, with the UT Challenge, I had, I had um, actually two other teammates at this point. 
Um, this would have been uh, my co-founder, eventually become my co-founder, uh, Victor Okoro, as well as another team member, Gabriel Costa. Now, um, actually, for most of the UT Challenge, they were not directly involved. So I did most of the stuff for the UT Challenge. However, by the time the uh, we got to the finals and um, I was going to do that uh, final pitch for the UT Challenge, they really came and showed a whole lot of energy to really push uh, push us forward to, to end up winning. And so, yeah, we ended up winning the audience prize, <laughs> so that was nice. Uh, and then um, at this point, I was finished with my bachelor's. So all this while, I'm doing my, uh, my bachelor's thesis as well. So I'm doing a bachelor's thesis on the characterization of uh, three, five semiconductor solar cells um, with ETCs. Uh, long story short, is basically a startup is making a technology to make solar cells more efficient by about four to ten percent with uh, with making these triangular contacts that can reflect light into solar cells. Pretty cool stuff. Anyway, um, so I was basically doing my uh, my bachelor thesis at the time, and I was done, and now I need to move on to the next phase of my life of doing my masters. My master's is not in the UT, but it would have been in uh, in Belgium. And so actually at the time, the idea was to be in France, but okay, it happened to be in Belgium. And basically, you know, um, the discussion became, what are we going to do since we're not going to continue over here in the Netherlands? Uh, how are we going to do this in different countries and blah, blah, blah. So you mentioned we, but maybe you can kind of talk about what the team composition was just for like those following along at home. Like who is the we that is uh, following you or not following you? Great. So the we would have been me as the CEO of the company, uh, dealing with the overarching details of the business. The other we would have been Victor Okoro. He dealed, He was dealing with uh, strategy stuff, so thinking on what we can do, how do we look at the market, how do we get ourselves uh, further, what will be the most financially smart decisions to do, blah, blah, blah. And Gabriel was the designer at the time. So he would be making the 3D designs, how the thing would actually look, how the thing would actually be implemented, and what's not. And so Gabriel ended up uh, choosing something else in life, okay? Um, and then actually me and Victor was also not really working on the startup at the time because yeah, think life, my life was basically in flux. So I wasn't really doing much at the time. Eventually uh, we reconnected and we just continued working on it when I moved. And yeah, we started becoming a sort of remote company on, on that front. And then here comes the next- Sorry, quick, quick, quick question. That is when you started becoming a company. In 2019. In 2019, this is, yeah, we became a company, but uh, the company was officially registered in 2020, in, in that sense. Yeah, so in 2019, we're, we're really working on it, like, seriously, and then 2020, we officially registered. Um, so now I'm in Belgium at the KU Leuven, and uh, this is where I meet uh, my, to, uh, then to become a co-founder, uh, Jorge Arellano. Now he was doing his master's in artificial intelligence. Very smart guy. Uh, knew what he was doing and what's not. And uh, when I pitched the idea to him, he was thinking it was pretty interesting. But uh, we ended up having a meeting of all of us and then we decided it would actually be more interesting that instead of it just being able to identify uh, waste, that it can also sort this waste. And then, okay, cool. The idea became this. Now a smart bin that can automatically sort waste using artificial intelligence. Why not? It's going to be a challenge, but hey, who are we as entrepreneurs if we don't try to tackle challenges, right? And so this was the idea, uh, and we were working on it. Um, we eventually made the 
prototype zero with a suitcase of ours and just putting some cameras <laughs> around it. And uh, because, yeah, and then to see how the AI would be able to identify the waste and stuff like that. It's uh, very, very, very rudimentary, but it, it actually works. Prototype you know? zeros are the best, the most, uh, like, the most rudimentary, exactly. The most, the funniest things you will ever see in your life are prototype zeros. Yeah, yeah, because what we did, we took a suit, took a old suitcase of mine and we spray painted the inside completely white and put some uh, some A4 papers inside of it. And then that was basically the, the area to, to identify waste. And uh, yeah, so uh, a couple hundred images of uh, garbage and dirty hands laughter to train the system and take uh, images and see how the thing works. And boom, bam, it, it's first step one, AI is able to do something. Great. Now, how the hell heck do we end up uh, sorting this thing, right? Um, a good amount of, I, I cannot divulge exactly how the system sorts because we're busy in the patenting process, so I'm not going to explain that. But a good amount of uh, sort of research and innovation later and a whole lot of time, uh, eventually a way of doing sorting was uh, found. And now we need to start uh, validating how we can actually do this. Cool. Um, this is where uh, enough 3D simulations were done to sort of prove that this is possible. And so we thought, okay, with this, let's try to find a way to test it. And so this is where it's time to talk to the design lab, because this is, you know, I remember that they had laser cutters and what's not, and I thought it would be useful to be like, hey, design lab, we have this awesome new thing to help with uh, sorting waste, and we want to know if it's possible to sort of uh, do something with you guys. So. The timeline is basically, let's say I meet Jorge around uh, October 2019, uh, October, November 2019. Uh, so we start working on this prototype and whatever, whatever. Um, and then figuring out how to do the sorting method. And then there's the time of uh, designing the whole thing. And uh, January of 2020, January 31st, 2020. This is uh, when an email was sent to Eric. I wrote down some of these timelines, so uh, I'll, be, I'll be able to, to tell you these a bit more birthday, in detail. That's my birthday, actually. <laughs> oh, January 31st? Cool. I'll keep it in mind. You had um, a discommunication with Eric, and to my knowledge, that landed you along with uh, a gentleman called Jasper Hassler. <laughs> One weekend in design of February in yes. Design Lab, trying to, to, to laser cut your prototype, correct? Yes, indeed. Yeah, so we arrived on the 14th of February to um, to start working on building the bins and doing all the laser cutting and what's not, and then actually uh, putting this stuff uh, together. By the 16th of February, uh, we were not able to be complete uh, because, yeah, things happened that we didn't really account for or didn't realize. Like, for instance, we didn't, uh, well, some things were broken for some reason, cameras didn't work or parts of the system didn't work or... A bunch of things sort of went wrong that we didn't expect to go wrong and so we decided not to because our initial goal was to start um you know piloting it at a design lab when we're ready so we build it put it in the design lab directly see how people use it and then improve it afterwards and continue going along but because the thing wasn't really ready uh we decided to uh, take it back home and so yeah eventually things uh, switched around at the design lab and then i was put in contact with edo edo de wolf um, and then I spoke to him on the 13th of March, and I was trying to discuss with him how we can come back and do the pilot with the design lab. 
because we still had an appetite, we still have an appetite to do something with the design lab. And so at that point, the idea was to pilot with the design lab by April 9th. But by this time, it was Corona, uh, lockdown, and radio silence on both sides. So that sucked. Speaking about this whole Corona situation, uh, you mentioned earlier that in the beginning, when you were designing your company, you already had in mind to make it like a remote company. Do you feel like that was sort of an advantage for you going into this completely unexpected situation of the pandemic? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, having the practice with having to do a lot of video calls every week with Victor and uh, making decisions and what's not really helped uh making the whole pandemic not really be much of a problem because uh, I also was lucky enough to have well, lucky unlucky uh, to have a big enough room so that I was able to have the prototype there to work on it myself because I also have a right back, uh, technical background to, to work on it or he was also living in the same area so if anything he can come over but because of the nature of his work you can also just do your code remotely and then just send it over and then I can upload and, and do things with it so basically we are we are pretty comfortable with being a remote company, um, but we, I mean, we're cap fully capable of doing it, but at some point we do need to have a manufacturing location to do, actually put the bins together physically. It's not really best to do it in a tiny student room. It also sounded that you were quite lucky to have already the prototype because you had the prototype and you got in the second, the second time in the UT challenge in 2020, Indeed. right? Indeed. And Indeed. You, you, you won your second award that was the Prototype Award. So if you haven't done that in February already, then yeah, you wouldn't then we... have a prototype right at that time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We actually wanted to, um, to bring the prototype. We were, we were trying to finish the prototype to do like a showcase on the day of the UT Challenge so that we can be like, you know, we do the pitch and then we're like, guys, when you're ready, just throw yourself into the game. <laughs> it's right there in the design lab. Give us the prize immediately, you know. But, um, <laughs> you know, circumstances, corona this, corona that, delays this, delays that. And uh, we simply were not uh, able to do so. It's quite a bothersome uh, thing, especially for, for me, because uh, I'm the type of guy who tries to do things as soon as possible, or at least uh, try to get things done. The in, urgent in a timely fashion. person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the market sort of doesn't really wait for you if, if you want to make things happen i'm the type of guy who wants to make things happen yeah and things just don't happen that are out of your control it's it's, it's frustrating um but hey you know you take them in stride i wanted to ask you um just to circle back a little bit about mentors i know you had one bad experience uh, with a mentor but there must have been a lot of other influences in the times where you were like facing certain challenges especially during the ut challenge situation maybe you can so talk about a bit some of the real big mentors that you had in fact during the first ut challenge i've had no mentors so it would. It was nobody beyond the people at the UT Challenge itself. Um, I was doing my bachelor thesis at the same time with a startup, so I did ask like one or two questions about what's it like uh, having a tech startup and how difficult is it. And then they did say, you know, it's super hard because you always need to be able to convince the customer that your thing is actually usable and good and provable and what's not. Because, you know, the nature of a startup is that you're making something new and people aren't necessarily so easy to adopt new things. So that's always a challenge. But I wouldn't say at that point with the first UT challenge, I had any mentors. 
And then um, in between the first and second, I did have a mentor, but this mentor wasn't, strictly speaking, a mentor for the business, but a personal development mentor. This guy is, so the way that my study works is that they give us this, uh, this, um, this program and this program, they match you with a mentor that sort of fits your personal profile. Generally, this member, this mentor is to help you out with uh, professional development. So uh, public speaking, how to make a good CV, how to be in interviews, uh, stuff like that, uh, how to carry yourself as a professional in the professional field. But in my case, because I had a startup already at the time and I was trying to do something with it, like, seriously, they connected me with um, an industry quote unquote expert who's been in the waste management field for a very long time and knows how things go. He's like, uh, dude, why the quotes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I mean, he's, uh, yeah, when I say expert, um, I mean, yeah, he's, he's an expert. I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's more like he's, he's very, very experienced in it. Uh, but when I think of expert, I think of someone who's particularly uh, studied in oh, the So you field. think of more academic but side, researcher. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, more. However, his expertise is actually more valuable because he's actually been in the field. I, I would say that business is a very non-academic field, right? It sounds to me exactly. like this kind of experts are more like you have gained an expertise in your field by doing things in your field. Yes. Exactly, but you can't really say you're an expert. Okay, I, I think it is a little bit of um, possibly a being a bit humble, <laughs> humbled by the amount of things you don't know or the new things that you're facing each day. That's, oh, uh, that's where nice. I was heading to. Well, that's very much the case. Um, with every new event, you always find out that you don't know something and it's always like, oh, I wish I knew that or something so... Like, oh, how did I not know mm -hmm. that? Uh, it happens very often. And so this mentor helped you on, on which areas? He helped me on the area of um, being a better uh, business owner, actually. Um, so uh, a good amount of time, it was a lot of help on sort of emotional intelligence. Um, so how to connect with other people and not sort of come over as too much of a demanding person or, or what's not. Um, as well as you know how to yeah team management type of things uh here and there some strategy stuff for the business but he's not my business mentor he's a personal mentor so it's more like if i had an issue with a team member how do i deal with that um some ideas of who i can contact in the field to make the business better but how to contact them so not just be like hey i have an idea um it's awesome send us an email if you're interested but more like, hey, we would like to collaborate with you on it and maybe see what is possible between the two of us to maybe make something great together. And so you get a whole different type of uh, um, response, even though you can actually get the same results if you, uh, yeah, with, with that. So these, these type of things is uh, what I learned with my mentor, which I would say would be one of the most valuable things that I've got uh, in this in this journey. What would you say is the like um, the qualities of a good business owner or like very yeah, qualified business owner that you learned from him? Hmm. Um, 
the qualities of a yeah how would i say uh it would be someone who of course understands the intricacies of his team's dynamics so if you know how one person is and thinks so to speak uh how they would react to certain things then you can it sounds a bit bad but you can expl- you can use that to your advantage um and be able to draw the best out of them uh so yeah if you i mean generally the best team leaders are those who can make the the best of the team be their best version of themselves towards the end of the project yeah placing people in different situations where they can thrive basically thrive and excel yeah know, really pull the real the the best really out of them that's a, a great team leader um but in as well this person beyond team leadership has to also be a pragmatic person so they have to see the writing on the wall if they made a bad decision or if this whatever they're doing doesn't make sense they should be able to recognize that and change their idea or be open to changing their mind and not just be stuck on one thing because you know if you in the world of startups if you don't pivot you die <laughs> so if you're someone who doesn't like to change your mind or is always stuck on one thing you're you're not going to succeed at all so someone who's you know good at team management um good at uh re- reading the writings on the wall being practical and of course there's the other x factor stuff like they're just having a good charisma or they're very smart in their field as you for instance you can't do let's say healthcare stuff or chemistry stuff as a startup if you've never had a course in chemistry if you just don't know anything about the field very low chances you're actually going to excel in the field so of course you have to have a good enough background to do what you need to do um what other qualities would i say would make a smart businessman honestly luck <laughs> <laughs> i can't really say luck is a quality but i think all business definitely... ventures have success because of their luckiness like the right place at the right time the right people getting together yeah, yeah exactly it's it's not always i mean it, there's there's no real science to it. there's a science to it but it's you can't immediately say that one thing will lead to another it's always a bit of yeah a bit of luck I think it's also persistence because the more times you try at it, the more uh, chances you have for luck. And it's actually the exact opposite as a casino, that the more you try, the more you lose. <laughs> this is, you actually yeah. get more chances, the more effort and the more, uh, you know, attempts you put into it. Um, yeah. But let's, let's go back to your, uh, your current situation. Uh, where are you now? You have uh, gone through, uh, to my to my understanding, you've gone through a lot of challenges, like not only challenges as if you did challenges, but also challenges in your uh, uh, like business and in your personal life. And mm-hmm. wh- wh- where has that landed you? Where, how is your company doing? What are your plans? You, what, who you're working with? This kind of stuff. Okay. Um, well, in fact... Um as of May 4th, uh, we were actually going in very interesting directions. So, um, as you know, we had the, the prototypes made. Um, we had, of course, those awards that we won. Um, we had a, well, we still have, uh, a signed piloting deal with Kogas Group to produce uh, bins and, and work with them uh, for three months. Now, this piloting deal um, was on the table for quite some time, and we were busy um finding our suppliers to get these bins ready to actually do the pilot test with them 
energy was all good. Uh, we also, so another challenge that we won along the way was the CSU Innovation Awards. And we were working with CSU, so CSU is the biggest cleaning company in the Netherlands, and then comes Asita. Um, and so they were putting us in contact with other companies or other, other entities to pilot as well. So this would have been Amsterdam Arena, um, Amsterdam Arena. Yeah, uh, the University of Amsterdam, as well as the Hochschule of Amsterdam, Stadthuis Velsen, uh, DB Schenker, uh, BOMA, and so all of these different companies were basically being in contact with to, to do pilot tests. Uh, we were also in talks with uh, Future Street, so they are a mass producer of uh, Big Belly's bins, actually. And uh, they wanted to sort of add us to the portfolio to manufacture for us on a global scale. But okay, and in their case, nothing is particularly signed. We were just in talks. So could go somewhere, could go nowhere. Um, we also, as I mentioned earlier, started with the patenting process. Um, and so, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things were happening at the same time. Uh, but then I got uh, quite sick and basically things had to, to be on pause. For, for some time. So at this moment, um, as a result of the sickness, I uh, have been very pleasantly surprised uh, because the rest of the team has been doing 110% to sort of take up the, the extra burden and uh, continue working. Now, as I mentioned, the pilot test that we were doing, this has been, well, we were supposed to do it this month. Actually, uh, supposed to do it last month, but uh, okay, things happened. So we just pushed it to be around September to see how that goes. Um, we most likely would be on schedule if some things fall into place. Um, yeah, so the outlook is that as of September, we will start really getting ourselves out there in a good way. That's really great. It would be I would love to see this thing out in the wild, you know, sorting waste uh, like a little robot in the street. Like, yeah. A little yeah, ninja, yeah, yeah. waste ninja. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, the plan. You, ha you have mentioned a lot of people through this interview and of course like this kind of efforts never uh, go like uh, uh, by one person, it's always a team effort. Uh, and you also seem to be a person with great conviction. So I'm, uh, I'm wondering who are you, who have you been looking up to? Who would be the people that you are, are your idols? Who are you? Should I name drop them or should I just mention the, uh, like how I, I mean, got into contact with them or, or what? what's that? No problem with main dro name drops, but uh, the, the question is basically what is the thing that you're looking up to in them? Well, so there are basically three, three to four people that I look up to. Uh, the first one I would say is my brother, uh, my older brother. He's a serial entrepreneur. So... Um, he actually he did his bachelor's in uh, business administration, um, but uh, he's yeah he's done bartending. He is a bartender. Well, he's has the skills of a bartender. He doesn't do it anymore because he has two companies that he's running. So one of them is um, a cocktail catering company, and another one is uh, a bar school. And uh, basically, with the bar school, he teaches you know future bartenders to become bartenders. And a cocktail catering company is where he does uh, well cocktail catering uh, for businesses um, and as a as a result of the pandemic actually he had to pivot the idea and then uh, it's now cocktail catering but for, for businesses but what they do is they do it online and it's like he, he does a show with them and so he makes these boxes he sends it to the people's houses and these people make these different cocktails together with him and it's uh, it's amazing he uh, 
it's going actually too well for him. Really? And I have heard he's, of that. he's too stressed. Yeah, you might have heard of it's called uh, either EBS or Bars on Site. Those are the two the two companies that he runs. Mm-hmm. Um, the second person, uh, so his name is Dylan. Uh, the second person that I would say I look up to is Gabriel Damien. He is the guy who uh, started the drone team. And basically with him, the, the main thing that I look up to him for is his intense conviction to his uh, end goal in life. For him, like uh, he believes that the future belongs in the sky, and so everything he does is in the direction of drones. And uh, it's it's his conviction is, is so crazy because I worked with him for the for the drone team, of course, and just seeing his his work ethic and uh, the way how he also treats people is very nice. And just it's it's, it's such a way that I want to emulate that. Um, and it's yeah, it's been a motivational factor for me to have met someone like him. Um, I definitely work with them again in the future. Uh, too bad we're doing two different startups. <laughs> who knows? We might be able to do a joint venture in the future. Um, Garbage sorting uh, drones. Think about it. It's 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 on the it's in the works. Uh, there's also uh, waste sorting drones for the ocean. That's also in the works. Also for beach cleanups. But hey, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. All right, now we're doing smart things. <laughs> okay, uh, and then the third person that I would say is Sivim Aktas. Uh, she's basically a, an idol at the UT. Um, she was, uh, I mean, you guys know already everything that she's pretty much done in terms of public speaking and all that other uh, professional stuff. But she was also a classmate of mine and also a good enough friend uh, at the time for me. Um, and so we would have our own private conversations and, and what's not. And throughout the conversations, I really, um, how to say, I, I felt her passion for what she wanted to be in the more professional world. And the way that she sort of puts herself as much as possible in situations where she can succeed, at least to the public, was quite interesting. I am aware, of course, you know, we're all humans. Not everyone is perfect and we all make mistakes and what's not. And I did notice here and there sometimes where she wouldn't sort of show her the fact that she bleeds. You know, there's this sort of saying that God doesn't bleed. You can sort of see that in some people that they sort of avoid any sort of situation that's compromising it. But she's also someone that I see as someone who really knows what they want to do in life and goes for it and doesn't look back. Um, and then, of course, there's a fourth person, another classmate of mine, uh, Werner Schouten, who's currently the voice of the Jonge Klimaatbeweging. Um, so he's also quite committed to sustainability and he really puts his best foot forward. And him, just generally as a person, he was a bit too smart for everything. Like, he was, like, one of the best uh, students in the class, just all the time. What a struggle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, my God. Uh, it, it, it really felt sometimes that, you know, whatever this guy touches will probably turn to gold because just just, just how he is. Uh, he's a bit eigenwijs, um, but because of his eigenwijs, it's like um, your own, you, you, fo- you follow your own path, you think of things yourself and just a bit hard-headed in, in, in a sense. But... Um, his, but this sort of, I wouldn't say character flaw, but this, this trait of his, uh, helps him to make sure that he's always doing his best, no matter what anyone else says or does. So even if he's in a project group with a bunch of idiots, the group, just by having him here, is just going to have an average of an eight or, or above, just because this guy is going to carry the group. Now, of course, that's not, that's not best, uh, to have happen, but it's just like, no matter what, he's going to succeed. And that's sort of a thing that I also look up to. 
and he has a whole lot of grit. So him, he, him and Gabriel, these are two people that have so much grit. Like if, if we're working on something from 4 p.m. and we're not done, we will stay there until 3 a.m. until it's done. We won't care about <laughs> eating. We won't care about sleeping. It will get It's done. actually... On behalf of Design Lab, it's actually pretty cool to hear that two of these people were actually dream teamers. Of course, now they're dream team family, <laughs> but ah. both Sabim and Gabriel were both dream teamers. So uh, mm. yeah, let's let's hope oh. we can all live up to those expectations. <laughs> I mean, sure. I, yes, yeah. yes, but uh, no pressure, no pressure <laughs> no at pressure, all. No pressure. We just have to follow the steps of two geniuses. <laughs> yeah. No, but here's here's another thing uh, specifically. Um, as a result of this, of knowing these things with these people, um, the last thing that you, that I've uh, that I want to do or should do is try to be like them. I've come to realize that it's very important to run your own race, and that everyone is running your own race at their own time. Some people are a bit fast. This is specifically true with uh, with Werner, um, that I had to sort of mentally get myself to, because. At some point, I started feeling like an inferior human being compared to this guy. Because even though we're doing the same study, even though I also put a lot, a lot of effort and study hard and what's not, I will just never get the grades that he does. I will just never be as good as him or, or what's not, you know. So I would always start feeling like, what am I doing wrong in life? Where where am I going wrong? Until I realized, like, look, he probably doesn't sleep. He probably doesn't have a social mm. life. He probably doesn't do, <laughs> doesn't do the things that I do. And so... You know, I'm doing good enough on my side, on my life. He chose to do what he's doing in his life, and he's where he is because of it. And so my life and his life are not going to be yeah. the same. So I shouldn't expect to sort of have to fill his shoes. Um, but I should understand that my race is my race. I need to run it to myself and win against myself, not win against him or anything like that. We're not competing in life. That is very wise. Yeah. That is really wise. Uh, Thank you very much sage. for sharing that with us. Round of applause for that. Round of applause. <laughs> okay. Uh, we can we can we can do finger snaps, right? <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you what are your advice for the people who are now starting, who are getting into these challenges, because you know the UT challenge just finished. And of course there are uh, winners and not winners, and some people who tried very hard, or some people who just did their first draft of their business and it's no, not not great. Uh, so, uh, what would you say to these uh, people? What are your uh, advice to them? Mm, let me think. Uh, my advice is, first of all, if you are serious about the venture and you truly want to do something with the venture, I suggest that you re- recognize that it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a linear path. It is not going to be the success story that you see with Tesla or Elon Musk or whatever, that it's just everything you do is always perfect. Because if you actually look into it, um, for instance, SpaceX was basically about to go under <laughs> until they did their last rocket launch and then it was successful and oh, great, they were, they were saved. But um, the process from the beginning is going to be hard. And you really need to internalize that as an entrepreneur and don't let that discourage you. If you already know that it's going to be hard, it automatically makes it easy when you face challenges. Because this is basically all that you're going to face. You're going to face challenges. You're going to think that the customers are these customers when it turns out it's not. Or you're going to think or that it's something is going to go in this way and then something breaks or something doesn't work. It's going to happen 
you're going to have to get used to it. So prepare yourself mentally already beforehand. You're going to face hardships and go through them. So that basically would be my, my top advice. Just prepare yourself for the worst, hope for the best. Uh, but make sure that you work hard to make sure that, uh, of course, you don't just do things blindly and, and stupidly. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two, as uh, an entrepreneur, you need to be comfortable with the concept of money. Now, money is sort of, for most people, a yeah, dirty-ish topic that it's like, I don't really want to, to talk about money too much or, or think about it too much. It's going to come later. But if you're building a business, then you need to realize businesses need to make money. So you need to make smart financial decisions. So don't just throw your money away for something that you think is a nice to have. But if it's something that adds value to what you're doing, then you should spend the money on that thing. But always triple think, is this necessary to do financially or not? Because without money, your business really cannot continue. This is why you need to get investments and what's not. Because sadly, the world turns on money. It's the sad truth of life. But once you understand that, it's a lot easier to make your decisions. And so that's number two. I would say, as advice. Uh, number three, uh, people are annoying. Get used to it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, <I must> <laughs> we can finish the podcast on this. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, people are annoying. Get used to it. Yeah. Thank people you. Quotes. <laughs> Tyrell, thank you, Tyrell. Thank you, Tyrell. That was really amazing. And thanks a lot for your participation. Are there any uh, other things that anybody wants to ask Tyrell while we still have him? No, I can't really think of anything else. I, I think that it was just very entertaining, this whole conversation about your your challenges and the, like the back and forth of like having a business and i think for students that will listen along with it it can also give them some inspiration or some concept of you don't have to be a genius or someone to start doing something because you were yourself intimidated by these great people in your life but you still tried mm -hmm. you still said this is an opportunity if i fail i fail but if i win i, I can win big and you went for these different challenges over and over and all the time taking these like valuable pieces of information from people and just developing yourself. And I think that is really uh, inspiring and really intelligent of you as well. Thank you. And yeah, I really hope the best for your business and the, the, the feelings that you have towards sustainability and to fairness and trying to bring that not just for the Netherlands but also to take that with you for your own home country I can relate that to that a lot as well as I'm an international student I come from Jamaica mm -hmm. I have these power issues as well like I know the differences that exist <laughs> yeah. you know and the places that yeah and the places that need the these sort of um, technology are the developing nations so I, I really uh, ex um, appreciate your perspective there so thank you very much have a very great evening and or morning depending on when you're listening and uh, <laughs> for us um, thank you so much as well for being allowing me to be part of the design brew and I really hope that your listeners 
really got something valuable out of this. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you everyone for coming out and supporting. Woo! Awesome. Great. I love the ending. Thank you very much, guys. (laughs) Nice.